Hello and welcome to The Big Rishu, where we're tracking the first 100 days of Rishi Sunak's Premiership. Today is day 76 and I am joined by Rory Taylor, our social media coordinator. Hello. How are you doing? Very good. It's been a, it's been a long time since we've done this. It has, and yet have done this. nothing's happened, really. Christmas, New Year, Christmas, New all Year. sorts. But, uh, crazy things going on. Yeah, all sorts of crazy things going on, but um, not really in the world of politics. That is, except for a major speech made by Rishi Sunak, who seems mm. to have taken a bit of time off over Christmas to relax and uh, you know unwind. Come into the new year with a the new year fresh. big speech, yeah. And uh, he did his big speech on the 4th of January, so he wasted no time, really, um, in hitting the ground running. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just hitting the hitting ground. Hitting the ground. Like, uh, just, she actually, do you know what, she, she predicted that. She was completely she? right, yeah. She was completely right. That is a... We're starting off a politics podcast with a very out-of-date reference that only yeah. a small handful of From people get. From a 40-day period as well. Yeah, yeah. very strange. Um, okay, so this speech that Rishi Sunak did on the 4th, first speech of 2023, it was supposedly to set the agenda of the government for this year and yeah. just, well, for this government, really. It's, uh, I think only one of the pledges actually had a time aspect to it. Yeah. So it's just... Uh, it's basically know, putting out the priorities, his, their exactly. priorities for the uh, coming year. But he boiled those down to five key... I, I don't know what to call them. Pro- promises, I think I guess. priorities. I think priorities. that's what he called them. Priorities. I, yeah. I, I, they're almost benchmarks to which he wants us yeah. to judge his government. Yeah. They're kind of pledges, promises, priorities. Do you want to run through what those, what those five yeah, are? I'm happy to. Um, should I just do it? Just do it. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's just go. Uh, priority. <laughs> I hate the word priority. It's hard to say when you say it too many times. Yes. Number one. Uh, halve inflation this year. Number two, grow the economy. Number three, make sure national debt is falling. Number four, uh, bring down NHS waiting lists. And number five, pass new laws uh, to stop small boats crossing the channel. So should we should we get into these and talk about them one by one? Because yeah. the, you know there were some other elements to the speech which I think we should talk about a little bit later. Um, but I think the, these are probably a good place to start. Um, so we'll start with number one, halving inflation. So this is his big thing. You know, cost of living is dominating yeah. uh, politics yeah. at the minute, both in the UK, around the world. Something that, you know, we, we bring up a lot. People are really struggling with this. Um, bringing down inflation is going to be key to trying to address this. You know, when, when goods that people are buying every day are going up by, you know, 10, 11% each year, that's, yeah. that's quite a lot. It's making things quite difficult. So halving inflation seems like a good place to start. Um, from what I've read, this is was going to happen anyway. Yeah, I think Bank of England, uh, OBR, and all those other kind of institutions predicted that uh, inflation would fall over this year. So this isn't a surprising thing for Rishi Sunak mm. to say or to commit to. Um, it does feel slightly like he's giving himself a freebie with this first one. He knows it's going to happen or, you know, I think it's safe to assume inflation will come down this year unless something terrible goes goes wrong um but yeah it's like he's giving himself one that he knows he can definitely tick off by the end I think, of the year i think it's even i i think you're being even potentially generous there <laughs> yeah. i think uh, the obr suggested that it'll inflation is going to drop to about 3.8 percent mm. by the end of the year um already inflation at the end of last year was 11.1 percent yeah so some very basic maths tells you that's a sort of two-thirds reduction more than half. that's you know not significantly more than half, but still, yeah. you know, it's more than half. 3.8 would be would, would be a good place to end on. But the fact that the OPR already suggests that's going to happen, and Rishi Sunak then coming out and going, we're going to we're going to have like that's a very yeah. very easy first one that requires very little action from Sunak. And honestly, I think that this is this again builds into this thing with Sunak, which is that he 
came into office at a time of cost of living crisis and everything. Um, pro he, he'd earlier last year made a ton of promises about what he would do to try and fix the economy and fix the country, trusted the opposite of those. And he sort of come in not knowing what to do and not really willing to make much change. He's not really done much since he, he came into office. He's given him himself these ridiculous freebies in this sort of these sort of five promises that he, he's calling them, um, all of which are probably going to, I'm sure we're going to get into the yeah. ones in a second, but you know, I'm sure that the, the, these are going to basically happen anyway, or are very easy to achieve. He's done one speech which outlines some vague goals for the year, no specific policies, no specific promises, no specific plan for getting the country back on track. Just a lot of platitudes. Again, we'll get onto it a bit later. He talks a lot about like family and things like that. Um, nothing to do with what people want at the minute are specific. Plans, if you're what, plans. Yeah. If you're a family, if you're struggling with inflation, if you're struggling with cost of living, inflation's crippling you, you're struggling to pay rent, struggling to pay for food, struggling to pay for heating. You don't want Rishi Sunak on TV saying we're going to halve inflation when the OBR already predicts that inflation has dropped two thirds already. Yeah. You want some specific he, plans and promises. He did say uh, in the, it was either in that speech or in the Q and A afterwards, but he he said he would set out the plans to achieve those goals in the coming months, which mm. is fair enough. But when you are starting the year with this big speech saying you know this is what we're going to do this year, um, it's it's to, to say the coming months are when you're going to have your plans released. Um, you know, it's pretty vague, isn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, the other thing with the inflation one, actually, um, I saw a few people, a few uh, like economics journalists and stuff saying this on Twitter, that inflation, you know, technically the job of managing inflation is down to the Bank of England and their uh, mm. monetary policy committee, which is separate from the government. Um, so in a way, you know, that's that first pledge is not actually something that he is you know, he can actually work towards in the way that the Bank of England does. Obviously, the government makes decisions that does impact inflation, so he's not completely separate from it. But um, that first one was was an interesting one uh, to start with, given, given all those things we just said about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think, sorry, I know I went off on a little bit of a rant there, <laughs> yeah. but um, we'll, we'll get into the other, the other four um, now. But yeah, I think that, that, that first one sort of shows the vagueness behind all five. Um, yeah. They're not. It's not a you know particularly specific promise. It's not anything that you can easily sort of, like you know. It's not anything particularly difficult for him to achieve, even if it is specific. Mm. So we'll go on to the second one anyway. Growing the economy. So he just said that the economy will grow. Yeah. Another slightly vague one in that we don't know whether he means by the end of this year the economy will be bigger than it was at the start, or does he mean in any given quarter or part of this year, there will be a bit of economic growth, even if overall it's or, down. We just we just don't know. Alternatively, um, it's predicted that the uh, the economy will come out of uh, recession um, by next summer. Okay. So, if, for example, it's in recession throughout this year, and then we come out of the recession next year, yeah. he can technically claim that that is true. Yeah, because we be the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> even, though it's, in the, even though it starts by dip, dipping, yeah. it can then come back up. I suppose in his mind, uh, as long as it's growing by the next general election, he can say, look, we're on the right track. You know, we're doing the right thing. But well, know, And this, we'll this builds into the next one, um, NHS waiting lists to fall. Actually, the next one is making sure the national debt is falling. Have I got I my five, you, four but, and uh, five? Uh, I think you have. Sorry, I've got this around. list that I wrote when I was watching the speech. Oh, apologies, I've got my four and five confused. Ah. So we'll move on to well, we'll move on to laws to stop small boats. Then wait, no, no, three. We've only done two. 
three is national debt, four is NHS, oh, five is new I laws. This, do you know what, Roy? This you is why we need numbers. new math, maths. Uh, wow. things. People I are going to think we planned that. Yeah. yeah. It not. wasn't planned. I just, just, can't read. <laughs> I just can't read. Yeah. Um, oh, barely literate. How am I on a podcast? Number three. Um, number three. Make, make sure, sure national, national debt is falling. falling. Well done. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Um, I've lost all I've yeah, thought I'm, about that now. Uh, the, the mask is slipping yeah. here. Are, are pretending to be intelligent. <laughs> the national debt one, and we're just going to kind of repeat ourselves on the with this one like we did with the first and second one, but um, this is one that I think the government has committed to in the medium term mm. in the future. Uh, it's one that, it, you know, they can effectively wait till the national debt does start to come down and say, yeah, look, we're doing it. Um, it's also all about in you know national debt in relation to GDP and all that type of stuff. Um, the way he phrased it was just like national debt's c- going to come down, but actually there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, and the OBR, you know, it's one of the the, the targets that the government set itself on. Its fiscal targets is for the national debt to be brought down, and yeah. the OBR expects that it will meet that target. So it's another one that is a fairly easy one to hit, and you can play you know I play think, some some sort yeah. of data games to make it fit even if it doesn't i think um that one kind of plays into the strike issue at the moment in that uh the, one of the reasons why they're so reluctant to give inflation matching or higher than inflation pay rises to public servants is that that would be a big lump <coughs> of money and you know their goal of bringing national debt down you know doesn't really kind of work like that unfortunately for them um but you know, if at some point in the, in the, I think the medium term is, I think they say it's five years, the medium term. Yes. Um, you know, that is quite a long period of time before that they have to reach that goal, I suppose. Of course. Um, and then number four is small yes. boats. Yeah. No, number no. Oh, <laughs> Just read, you got it right on I there. know, but I thought my notes were wrong. I thought no, that's what was four, going number on. Four number is four NHS is NHS. List. Okay, so I just yeah. read, I did actually just read it wrong. I didn't write my notes wrong. Yeah, your notes are perfect. My then. notes are perfect. Yeah, I thought that. my notes were wrong. Okay, yeah. I see, I see. So number four, uh, NHS waiting lists uh, to fall. Yes. Yes, <laughs> good. They're, that's actually a tricky one yeah. for him. Of the five, that is actually a pretty difficult one for yeah. him. However... NHS waiting list could go up at the beginning of this year, which is expected. It could even hit peak numbers, um, yeah, and then the if it, but then is... if it was to 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 drop again in twenty twenty four, the beginning of twenty twenty four, he could then claim that as a win because it's not got a time yeah, specific it, element to this promise. Yeah. And is it in relation? Is it falling compared to the? Yes, day that he precisely. said it or, you know whenever but um, again he can play hard and loose you know yeah however he wants really and, with, with the specifics and that one uh so when he made that speech that was kind of at the peak talk of the ambulance strikes and all mm. of that type of thing and problems in the nhs and a lot of the attention was on uh waiting times for ambulances and it's interesting that he was talking about waiting lists which is separate you know this is about yes. people with uh, needing surgery uh going into hospital that type of thing um where you've got this massive backlog that kind of that did exist before covid but has just got worse and worse during and, and since the pandemic um that is a you know that is a real challenge um the this kind of waiting list side of it but also the nhs has these massive troubles in emergency care which is a whole other issue yeah. that needs to be tackled as well so i i think you're right in, in terms of the five uh priorities pledges whatever um, that is that is the tough one, I think. Yeah, exactly. And, and then we'll we'll just we'll just really quickly move on to small boats because number five, number five, yeah. small boats. Um, so this is something that, that he's sort of obsessed with. This current Conservative government is he's sort of absolutely obsessed yeah, it's one of with their... getting 
this Rwanda plan and trying to stop boats coming across and all this. It, they, they, as we've spoken about before, and I got quite heated about before, they don't seem to listen to the charities which talk about more um, safe and legal routes. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a whole, you know, watch the previous podcast. We talk about this in, in a lot more yeah. detail. Yeah. Um, but absolutely obsessed with this. I, I don't think it's nearly as... The fact that he's lumping this in with cost of living stuff is mind-boggling to yeah, me. Yeah, and... He said these five priorities, he said, uh, uh, this is a quote, uh, those are the people's priorities and they're your government's priorities. So he's saying, this is what the people want yeah. us to work on, so this is what we will work on. And that number five, you know, the, the first four yes. ones that definitely do apply to the entire population. Number five feels more tailored towards the conservative Absolutely. base. Absolutely. Um, which, you know, he does have to make sure he is uh, but why keeping is it on in side. This five? But it is... The it is Strange. So I've, got, this, I've got a couple of reservations about the, the, these five things, and mm. I, I started to kind of mini rant at the start about it. But look, I think one of them is this, this fifth promise being lumped in with the other four. You're absolutely bang on with that, with the fact that it's the, you know, the, the, the first four related to the economy, which affects everybody. Everybody, irrespective of politics, wants national debt to be brought down, NHS waiting lists um, to be shorter, you know, inflation to be to be halved. Like, every, everybody wants that. This fifth one playing into the Tory base. And it's such a niche, like, it's such a, 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 a small section of the population which are really focused on this. And and in fact, there were there were there was a completely other section of the population who believes that the solution is the complete opposite yeah. to, to mean, this solution. It's interesting because the, uh, I think everyone agrees that uh, in an ideal world, people wouldn't be cr risking their lives of crossing course. channels to come to the UK. So there is agreement that that there are people making that journey. It is bad. However, the way he phrased this pledge was passing new laws that will enable the government to uh, detain and swiftly remove people arriving in small boats. Um, you know, that is not just saying we want to stop the small boats crisis. That's saying, you know, this is how we're going we, to do and it. And just, just to be absolutely clear... Um, the problem that the government has with small boats has absolutely nothing to do with legislation. In fact, under Boris Johnson, they gave themselves a huge amount more power yeah, in things like the Nationality and Borders, Borders Bill. <laughs> you know, thank you. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so they they um, they have the powers to do, you know, how how they want yeah, to treat this issue. Really... Which, just to be clear, charities and, and experts in this field don't agree is the right solution. But the, the solution that they're seeking, which is to try and come down hard on people crossing the channels, yeah. they have it... the laws to do that. They just aren't enforcing them it's really uh it's like groundhog day in that when the nationality and borders bill was going through it was the exact same discussion where the government was saying we need these new powers to deter people crossing the channel and you know charities that work with refugees and everything were saying you know that's not going to work um it didn't work if you look at the numbers it didn't work no um now with uh, this new legislation that they haven't actually introduced yet but they've promised um saying the exact same thing. They're saying this is what's going to enable us to stop the boats. Um, you know. And just to be clear gonna, as well. You know, next year, are we going to have the same talk with a new piece of legislation? I can't see how it, how it ends, yeah. really. And just to be clear as well, passing new, new laws isn't difficult for a government with a majority of yeah. Sunak's size. So this whole, like, you can... The, 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 the thing that annoyed me so much about the speech is that they started it off by saying... This is a really. He said something along the lines of, "This is a risky thing for a prime minister to do mm. to, to to say you can judge this government, that this government's success or failure on these five points." And here they are. Yeah. So come back to us in a year's time, two years time, and you can see whether we've succeeded. And then to come out with these five 
four, well, look, three relatively easy ones. <laughs> three, three relatively easy ones that are either going to happen anyway or are not difficult to achieve. One incredibly political one. And just to be clear, number five, the new laws, not difficult for him to pass the laws themselves. Yeah, the promise, he'll meet that promise of passing a new law. Yeah, but it, easy. You know, if, the difficulty isn't passing the law. Shows, it won't exactly. work to stop small boats. But. And then there's the NHS Wakeness Hall, which, you know, is difficult to achieve. But if he wants it to look like he's achieved yeah. it, he can yeah. move the numbers around in such a way yeah. that it looks that like that. It's a shame because I, I want to, like, I do, I like the style of politics where it's like, here's some simple metrics you yes. can judge me by. Uh, let's see how I do. These you are know. too simple, though. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think Rory Stewart, when he was minister for, it must have been prisons, mm. um, he said he would resign if, he gave himself a year, two years, and said if certain... I can't remember exactly. I think it was violence in prisons, but he yeah. was saying if these metrics aren't coming down in one year or two years, you know, I'll resign because I'm clearly not doing a good job. Um, I think that's me summing yeah. up. I hope that's I hope that's right. Um, you know that those if if you can do it in a way where you've got a specific target and it is either yes or no, you are meeting it. Mm. I, I do like that style of politics, but these five promises. Uh, don't really meet that, unfortunately. Well, Labour Labour said afterwards that um, they're mostly so easy it would be difficult not to achieve them. Mm. These these five uh, these five promises. Um, I, I just I, I agree with you that that style of politics is very good. Uh, I'm 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 fine with that. It's just these are too simple. They're too easy to achieve. They're too easy to manipulate the numbers with. Yeah. It, it, it's not challenging for the government to achieve these. Um, and sort of. In addition to that, it was sort of billed that this is these are going to be, this is, uh, you know, these are promises that he's going to make with the country, yeah. and they are not. The, my biggest concern is that they're not specific enough. People are struggling with cost of living. They don't want to hear about, um, you know, we're going we're going to grow the economy. I want to know yeah. how you are going to do that. How are you going to yeah. grow the economy? <clears throat> how are you going to reduce inflation? And coming out and saying, oh well, we're going to we're going to go out the specifics in a few weeks' time. Make the speech in a few weeks' time when you have the specifics. Yeah. This, this is, I, you know, anyone could come out with these. Anyone could come out with and say, I want to grow the economy. That's not, you're a professional politician with the levers of power. You, you, I need a plan from you mm -hmm. about how you're going to do that. And I feel like people, look, people give Labour and opposition parties such a hard time for coming out with platitudes of, yeah. we are going to do this without a plan for how you're going to do them. And it almost seems that the, the, the media, the wider media, seems to let the government off because they're in government. If Labour, if the Lib Dems, if the Greens had come out and just said, we want to grow the economy and we want national debt to be reduced. And when journalists ask, what? Yeah, how are you going to do, you gonna do that? Yeah. They say, oh, we'll carry out the plan in a few weeks' time. Yeah. That would not fly. That would not fly at all. It is absolutely insane to me that the government seemed to get away with coming out with th these are not difficult these are these are these are these are you know really easy things to, to come out with without any specifics yeah i Baffling. i think the sad the sad thing is uh for most of the country when it comes to the next election or you know in a year's time or whatever those five things aren't going to be on on people's minds no. i assume it, it will be more like is the money in my pocket enough to pay my bills to you know pay for food whatever um that type of thing rather than or did the prime minister meet these five things that he said a year ago that actually most people have forgotten about and i think they're probably i think he's probably banking on people forgetting about yeah. it yeah or i well i think people will forget about it and then he'll say when inflation is halved he'll say hey i told you i'd half inflation look what we've done um so 
as well, it, it, yeah i i think as a sh- as impassioned as you as you were there i do think that unfortunately unfortunately i suppose um, most of the country will move on from that speech yeah. pretty quickly no i think you're probably right so just moving on slightly um we sort of course we spent a lot of time talking about this the, the, this these five promises weren't the only things in <laughs> no, this speech so there's two other things that i really want to speak about unless you've got anything else you want to bring up about this speech so one of which is um innovation and his discussion about innovation and i just very quickly want to say that this builds into my criticism of the speech again which is that the hell is he on about like it's you know innovation is absolutely great that we should be innovating came up with some statistics of how many jobs innovation has previously of course we should be trying to innovate how he's going to do that and he talks about trying to change culture uh, the culture of innovation um considering that they're 20 something points behind in the polls it looks like the maximum he's going to have to change the culture of innovation is yeah. less than yeah. a year two years um, i'm honest I don't remember the innovation part of the speech. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so he just he just said that we need to, we need to innovate more. That we need to get out of this idea that it's all to do with nerdy, geeky people yeah. and technology and everything. There are different yeah. ways to innovate, and we should continue innovating. Of course, we should. Pointless thing to say, especially if you don't have any spe- uh, specifics. So you almost don't want to waste any more time us talking about it because. If we you're tuned talk- into politics and you don't remember it, no one else is going to remember it. And rightly so. It was a, a pointless, another platitude in a very long speech laden with platitudes. We can talk about maths instead. Maths, though. We can yeah. talk about maths. Um, I actually think the maths thing was really good. Well, I, actually I, don't. I think we're going to um, disagree on this, so I'm excited to have this discussion. Okay, this um, is good. Okay. Do you want to talk about You give a background. We, yeah, give for, a background for the record, for yes. I'm terrible at maths. Uh, I'm not I good don't at- know if we should if we should uh, re- reveal that live on, on the podcast. Did you but- do... Did you study maths until age 18? Uh, I studied it until age 17 because I took maths A-level then dropped it after a year. So I see. I got halfway there. Nice. Uh, I, I, so, I did the full A-level. Yeah. You enjoy um, it? Regretfully. I enjoyed the first, first year of six yeah. on doing maths. Yeah. When you get on to the, the second year, it got a bit, um, yeah. um, a bit tough. So for background, um, basically in the UK... Uh, you don't have to study maths until age 18. You will study up until the age of 16. And uh, from there, you can you can drop maths as a subject if you're staying in school. Uh, if you leave school to go and do an apprenticeship of some kind, obviously you won't be studying maths, well, you won't necessarily be studying maths. So there's lots of different ways in which uh, 16 to 18-year-olds aren't studying maths, basically. Um, that is, uh, you know, there are other places in the world that do that, but quite a lot of other countries do make children, young people study maths until age 18. And in Rishi Sunak's speech, he, uh, it wasn't a policy announcement, was it? It was, he, he was saying in, a, in the country that he'd like to create, uh, pupils at school or just leaving school would study some form of maths up until the age of 18. That was what he said, yep. basically. There wasn't much more detail than that. Um, this was something that the, uh, Downing Street kind of put out as a press release before the speech and it made everyone think, well, this is going to be a speech all about how he's going to make everyone study math till age 18. Then he did the speech and it was about one line with no actual proposal. Um, so it was kind of weird in that sense. But I sense from your energy, Ben, that you don't like the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gives yeah. you that idea. I think I've been remarkably upbeat. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm not a huge fan. Um, no, just to be clear, I actually... I think the plan itself, if it was a plan and he'd costed it and come out with some way of actually achieving it, could be okay. Mm. But I don't, right, there's so many different variables which we don't know about. Um, so if you're doing a vocational 
uh, study between 16 and 18. Yeah. What, what, how, how do you incorporate the maths element into that? We've already got a shortage of math teachers in the country. Yeah. How are you going to account for that? Where's the funding coming from? Teaching isn't, at times, isn't a particularly... Um, uh, a, a job that, that attracts people too much because of the, the pay. The yeah. pay isn't brilliant. How are you going to address that? Um, in, in a wider cost of living crisis, this is going to require a lot of attention in order to actually achieve and to be successful and to get through the commons. I don't believe that he uh, has the the, uh, the long-term uh, drive to be able to yeah. get through. You know, the, but passing bills, and especially something like this, it's so complicated where there's so many different factors. It's not as simple as sort of uh, uh, why you know national policies that are instituted everywhere this has to be integrated with the department of education with teachers with, with all, uh, uh, so many different bodies yeah. and it's going to require a lot of attention and i think there's the other things that they're going to be focused on at the minute i just this yeah. isn't a plan if uh, if this was something that was actually going to happen it would be part of a wider educational reform announced by government at Precisely. the beginning of their term this and and to be fair the government has admitted that they you know they'll they'll th they'll develop this proposal more but actually kind of moving on it won't happen until after the next election and if polls are to be believed the next election will bring us a labor government so if you're if you're if you're under 16 and worried about studying maths until age 18 basically you only need to think about if labor support it or not and i don't think they do no so cuz this is this isn't going to happen and i think even the government admits that exactly so if that's um, the case what the hell are they doing yeah it, bringing it up? yeah because th this is part the, the wider speech was about his vision and that his vision is a country that takes maths more seriously and is better at numeracy but in terms of a proposal it, you know it wasn't a, a policy proposal fine but it's to do with his it's to do with his priorities yeah. for the government and you either prioritize this and try and get this through before you Polls are suggesting currently the Conservatives are still 20-something points behind in the polls. Yeah. The next election is less than two years away. So all odds are you have less than two years. If you don't think you can get it through in two years, it's not a priority for you. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. And why, why is this being rolled into things to and do I with um, halving inflation? If, you, if you're setting this out as, if we win in 24, this is what we're going to do, roll it into a speech about that. Do that for a, a campaign or put it in your manifesto it, or something yeah. like that. Why is it in this thing? Why has it not been fleshed out? Why is there no timelines with it? Why do we not know about how they're going to in increase the number of maths teachers? Why do we not know about who's doing vocational studies? As you say, it's because it's not going to happen. Mm. If it's not going to happen. Why is it in the speech about your priorities? I yeah. just... I, my personal take is that the actual idea, the principle of making people study maths in some form until 18, like I don't have a problem with that. I think improved numeracy would be a good thing. But my criticism is basically the same as you in that it's not he's not making a serious proposal and it's not going to happen in the next two years uh, in the next year before the election yeah there's all sorts of problems like the teacher uh lack of math teachers issue um but so many so many so much criticism i saw of that part of the speech was from people who were really like opposed in principle to the idea of teaching 16 to 18 year olds maths and it was like it's not, you know, saying it's not all about maths. Uh, of course. You, don't, you know, you just want blah, blah, blah. Um, which I think slightly missed the mark of the actual flaw in, in the proposal. I don't, I, I, I see where people are coming from with that. It's not, a, I, I think maths is a very important subject. I, I mm. totally understand that people are saying, why isn't it focused on any other subject? I, I understand that. Because I, I, if you're, if you've already got your mindset on, you want to do something in, in the arts, if you want to, yeah. you know, 
and, and you know, if you want to, you, you decide you want to do something with history, if you want to work at a museum or something like that, and you decide that maths isn't a priority for you, why should the government force you between 16 and 18 to, to I understand that argument. I still think that maths is, is applicable to so many different yeah. jobs that it's it's fine Definitely. to put focus on. My, my main criticism with it is just that it's not a policy. It's yeah. not been fleshed out. And for Sunak to come in, to, you know, as prime minister and try and pitch himself as the sort of the realist, the person who's in really serious economic difficulty at the minute, I'm going to come in, I'm going to try and fix this, to then roll into this wider speech, largely about the economy, an ill-thought-out, ill-fleshed-out plan about maths just dropped in there vaguely out of nowhere yeah. it seemed so out of place i don't understand what it's doing i don't understand much of it why he did any you know why he said most of the things in this speech uh, but the math thing just seemed so particularly out of place yeah um I, I, his communication strategy i i look as you know and as longer viewers of the podcast i know i've had an argument with zach before about Sunak's uh, communication strategy and if he's any good at it. My argument had previously been that I thought he was quite a good media communicator. I thought that in COVID when he did all of his yeah. uh, uh, stuff uh, to do with Eat Out to Help Out, all that, he was quite good with that. He was quite good in front of a podium. I'm rapidly changing my view. I really yeah. don't think he's that good. I think that he, he seems to hide a lot. He seems to not really want to be in front of the camera. He seems to think that no press is good press. Yeah, um, I, I think he got... Uh I guess I'm speculating here, but I think during the pandemic, he probably got used to, he had really high approval ratings yeah. when he was announcing the furlough scheme and basically giving out money. And I think he got used to that. And now it's, it's been quite a sharp turn. For I him. don't think he can deal with yeah. being um, the bad guy. Yeah. And I think that he thought that it'd be a lot easier than it is. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's really disgraceful that he's almost in hiding. And this is the only speech he's made that we can, we've been, we've been doing this a little while now, 76 days. There's been so little to talk about and we're in a really difficult point as, as a country. And I think it's because he just doesn't, he doesn't want to talk about much. Yeah. He doesn't want to I, come out. He doesn't want to talk to the media. He doesn't want to announce things. He want, he's much more comfortable hiding behind the scenes. I, I'm going to say I sympathize with him on one aspect when I don't think that's the right word to use, but whatever, I'll say it. I sympathise with the fact that he came in as Prime Minister with about a year and a bit to go before the next election mm. amid disastrous polling for his party. It's a weird thing where he's a new Prime Minister, so naturally you want to set out your vision and kind of, you know, ideals rather than not just specific policy. But mm. but you can't you can't get away with just doing that when you're so far behind in the polls and the country is in the state that it is, you know... So it's not good enough to do that. But we'll see whether he can turn it around before the next election. No, we will. We'll have to see whether he, he does turn this around. I mean, it, the thing is, the wider economy isn't the only thing that he's struggling with at the minute. Yeah. Um, so strikes have been sort of going on all through December. They seem to be sort of slowly coming to an end at the beginning of January. Uh, some of the larger strikes, some like rail strikes, things like that. There were some that are still continuing through January. Um there's been some, it's been back in the news though to do with the government's interaction with the unions about strikes. Do you want to sort of run us through yeah. why this has been in the um, news lately? So the, the, the strikes seem to go through waves of, you know, wow, there's a lot of strikes happening right now. Then there's a period of calm and then they all hit again. And it's like, you know, there's more, more and more strikes happening. And I think we've got the National Education Union are going to announce whether teachers are going to go, uh, going to go on strike soon. So there's still lots of things uh, kind of going on in the strike world, as it were. Um, so, you know, amid all of this, uh, the government uh, confirmed that they would uh, or they planned to introduce legislation to uh, basically introduce and enforce minimum service levels on certain industries, which means that when industrial action is taking place, 
um, those industries have to ensure that a minimum level of service is being met. Um, the industries in question uh, are uh, fire, ambulance, and rail. Those are the ones where those, the government would set levels that have to be met. Um, and if those levels aren't met, then unions are at risk of being sued uh, if they don't provide workers to uh, meet those levels. And there is even talk of workers refuse, if workers refuse to, to work to meet those levels, that they could be sacked. Um, but we have to wait and see what the actual legislation looks like. Mm. Um, for other sectors, including health, uh, like non-emergency healthcare, education and um, borders as well, um, they are saying that service levels would continue to be voluntary, but the government would reserve the right to imp implement them if, you know, if voluntary talks didn't work. Um, so that's their, you know, big uh, legislation to crack down on striking effectively. Um, important to note that these, if this passes, it won't impact the current wave of strikes. The current wave of strikes can only be dealt with by an agreement being reached between the government and the unions. Um, so it doesn't solve that problem for them. Um, in fact, I think it creates an even bigger problem uh, in that it will, the legislation as they described it would create a massive, already has created a massive backlash from unions um, who, who basically say it's a massive attack on the right to strike, a fundamental part of democracy, um, as well as calling it unworkable and uh, all sorts of other things. And they say they'll fight it. Mick Lynch in particular said, he, I think he said, We'll fight it. Uh, it was a bit like Churchill. It was on the streets. Uh, we'll fight it, you know, in Parliament. But basically, anywhere mm. that you can fight the legislation, he will fight it. Um, so if they go ahead with this, they'll have an almighty fight on their hands, I think. Um, Do you think they'll get it through? Do you reckon the government will uh, be I successful? Think got the, I, I, think, I think they will, but I think actually the, um, the, the, the actual content in the in the legislation will not be as strict as it was initially described um i think it will because when it was first rumored that they were going to do this it was like these five areas they're going to enforce minimum service levels and now it's actually uh three levels they'll enforce them and the the other two uh sorry the other three see my numeracy skills need improving <laughs> um but the other sectors it'll be voluntary whatever yes. i think actually it will be more like that it'll be like giving the government the power to do this, but it will be still focused on voluntary agreements. That doesn't, I don't, I don't think that means the unions won't oppose it. I think they still will um, because it is a fundamental question of the right to strike. Um, Labour have also said they'll repeal it if they win. So even if they get it through, chances are it will be repealed yeah. in the coming, coming future. Um, well, it seems to yeah. be, all of these things, it seems to be a government that are planning things that are going to take a very, very long time. Um, yeah under the knowledge that they probably won't be yeah, in when actually election. things happening right now need solutions that they're, they're not know, yeah they're, not there were lots of lots of talks today between ministers and the various union mm. union leaders on i think it was rail education and health that was that was kind of billed as you know this is you know a bit of a breakthrough we're having all these talks whatever um but none of them really seem to have paid off that well uh the health and health and education ones they came out um health was described as missed opportunity bitterly disappointing by the various unions on teaching they said there was no concrete progress but there was a promise of further discussions the only one that seemed 
I'm going to use the word positive, even though it's probably mm. a bit a bit optimistic. Uh, Mick Lynch came out of that meeting and said he was neither more nor less hopeful and that they'd agreed on further talks later this week. So that was like, you know, something is happening. Maybe there's a bit of movement there. But the other ones, health and education, didn't seem like there was any any progress there. In fact, one of the union bosses, union negotiators who came out of the meeting, he was like properly angry. So it seemed like it might have even made it worse. Mm. Um, so ambulance, nurses, possibly teachers... They're going to keep striking, basically. Yeah. Well, fun. it's not a particularly fun um, start to the uh, to the year. No. First podcast of the year. Um, We've only got twenty twenty four more days of of Rishi until we're at hundred days. We do, we do indeed. Um, and then we'll have to have a think about what we're going to do with the podcast going yeah. forward. But yeah, only only about a month left of this variation of the podcast. If you've got any thoughts or anything on the podcast, um, feel free to uh, tweet them at me, which is at TLDR Ben or at TLDR uh, News, News UK. UK. On the subject of following people on Twitter. Yes. I'm exclusive here. I'm thinking of setting up a at TLDR Rory Twitter account. Huge. Maybe. Oh. I need to I need to get that name because if this goes out before I claim that Twitter handle, some someone's gonna nick it. Is gonna have it. Um, I might do it. It now. might not even be TLDR branded. Who knows? Oh, I, really? I have my own Twitter account, but it's private, and I could just rebrand that. But then people could go through my likes. There's nothing bad in there. I, it's just I'm not. <laughs> it goes back like ten years, so who knows? So two things to everybody watching. Number one. Um, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Number one. <laughs> I've not done this very well. Number one, tweet, tweet at tweet TLDR at ben, ben if you want Rory to start his own new Twitter account. And number yeah. two, um, I've got a bounty on any of Rory's old tweets you can find that will help me cancel okay. him. Yeah. Um, you know. I never tweet. I no? never tweet. No. How confident are you that no one's going to find any, any likes or anything? Well, I think I'm going to make a new account. That's, so you? that's I'm pretty confident no one will. I'm confident in our anything. audience. Yeah. I really am. Well, we'll see. Let Ben know on Twitter if I should make a Twitter account. I'm and very firmly in favour. And if you don't think I should, you don't have to tell Ben that. I think it should be... At- Basically, I'm going to do it, but I just feel like I want some I want some positive in- encouragement to doing it. <laughs> That's it, basically. But I'm looking, not confident enough to do by it By looking myself. through my Twitter yes. account. <laughs> yeah, basically. I think so. And if, if any of you uh, do follow any of our accounts on Twitter, then follow Rory as well. Right yeah. after you followed at TLDR Ben. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>